Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. On tonight's episode, we are going to be doing our, uh, basically rounding out our, our NHL redraft uh, series with the Jets, and we've done, I believe, almost every season except 2019. 2019's kind of an interesting one because I, I think after the first round, I have some questions about the guys that the Jets took because I, I think that there were some legitimately decent depth picks, but there were also a few that I wasn't as in love with. On the whole, not bad. I mean, it's just one of those situations where I think 2018 was probably better than 2019. 2019, you might have some more adjustments, but it's a little bit harder to do a retrospective for 19 just because a lot of these guys are still, you know, D plus one in terms of where they are in their draft progression. So we don't really know what the retrospective might look like yet since there's not a whole lot to go off of. Pick number one, though, I don't think that anyone can really say that the Jets missed. And this one is at 20th overall, Vili Heinola. And I think that if you ask anyone who has seen even a little bit of Heinola's development, any of his recent highlights in the NHL or at the, uh, I suppose, in the Finnish league where he's been playing recently, well, most people would know that Heinola at 20th overall fell way further than he should have. This kid is one of the all-time highest-scoring teenage defensemen Liga has ever seen, and immediately when he was a member of the Jets for about eight games, it was clear that this kid was something special. He had five points in eight games, which is kind of nuts for like a 19-year-old, I think he is. And what you noticed with him was that, for the most part, he really did not look out of place at the NHL level. Scoring is one thing as a defenseman, but I think what's more important is, are his reads timed well? Does he look comfortable navigating space at this level? Uh, you know, how does he feel about North American ice versus Finnish ice? Is the level of competition a little bit overwhelming? And for the most part, Vili Heinola was very natural. In fact, he was almost our best defenseman as soon as he joined the team. To have that level of quality from him, and I think, you know, relative to expectations for what we were thinking he might be capable of doing, Heinola really, for me, exceeded everything that I could have possibly imagined. And, uh, you know, his trajectory, I don't really know what his ceiling is. He looks like a top-pairing defenseman, and his scoring rates compare quite favorably to fellow compatriot um, Miro Heiskinen from the Dallas Stars. And if you've ever listened to any previous episodes where I've talked about Heiskinen, you know that I'm a huge fan of him. Miro is really good, and it's something that I, you know... If if Heinola's ceiling is like a Miro Heiskinen, but with more defensive presence and better spatial awareness and defensive reads, I am all for that. Unlike uh, unlike Heinola, Winnipeg's next pick at 51 overall, I was a little bit less in love with, and the Jets drafted Simon Lundmark from Lankoping, which is... Um, so he's a defenseman, right? And you, you kind of look at his scoring record, and there's really not a whole lot there. Uh... Simon is one of those guys who's a very defensively-minded blue liner, and, you know, I don't mind that so much. I'm fine with guys who are, you know, Chris Tanev players, but I think that they need to do a couple of things really well. And I think one of them is being able to be a puck-moving defenseman, which I I haven't been able to find a whole lot on Lundmark other than the fact that he is, like, a a pretty solid two-way defenseman. 
And he does look like an NHLer of some sort, probably like a third-pairing kind of guy, somebody that you want just to essentially transition the puck out of your own end, but somebody who doesn't really have high-end offensive instincts or, like, peerless distribution that leads to a lot of scoring. I, I don't mind this kind of pick. It's fine, but I think if you're going for, like, a second-round pick, I think you need to find somebody with a bit more upside. And there are quite a few guys taken after Landmark that I probably would have, you know, honed in on first. One of the first guys who comes to mind from Liga is Anthony Honka, and I believe this is, uh, what was the other Honka's name? The dude who used to play for Dallas. This is, I believe, his brother. Um, and Anthony, or either brother or, or I think a cousin or something. Anyways, Anthony Honka was drafted by Carolina, and anyone who knows Carolina's drafting knows if the Canes like him, he's probably good. And Honka has, for a you know teenage defenseman, been very productive with Yvaskula, which I think is actually where Sami Nugukwik came from. Apologies to the Finns if I actually mispronounced that team. It's very hard for me to even attempt that. Uh, but that was my best guess, Yvaskula, something like that. Um, but he had 19 points uh, in 43 games as a 19-year-old this season, which is really impressive. Again, we like to see those uh, higher primary uh, scoring rates for young defensemen and teenager teenagers playing in Liga. That's always a positive sign of potential offensive upside in the NHL, although again, not really guaranteed. Another guy that might have been interesting for the Jets is Pavel Dorofiev, an offensively gifted young teenager currently playing in the KHL. Not bad numbers for a teenager either. The KHL is a pretty tough league, and he's had 7 points in 48 games as a 19-year-old, which again, not really uh, particularly impressive on, on the paper. I don't know what his ice time is like with Metalurg, but maybe he's, you know, playing in like a bottom six role. It can be hard for teenagers to earn a lot of ice time unless they immediately stand out like uh, someone like Eli Tolvanen did. But Dorofiev was somebody that quite a few scouts were pretty high on, and I feel like he would have been a good fit for the Jets potentially if he was to be somebody you could convince to come overseas to, uh, to North America. Another pick the Jets might have looked at is Dominic Fensori out of Boston University, and Fensori is another offensively-minded blue liner good two-way D. He was drafted by the Canes again. You know, again, Carolina really does know how to draft him. This one, Fensori actually came from the U.S. National under-18 and under-17 squads, so he does have something of a track record in that dev program, although many will contend that just because you're in that program doesn't mean you're good. He is a smaller guy, but I'm always about the smaller, more agile defenseman who can get into tight spaces and, and find scoring lanes, so you know, size doesn't always matter. It can be something of a hindrance if you get pinned a lot, but a lot of these guys have gotten around these, uh, you know, shorter statures and maybe lighter weights by being very smart about where they attack, uh, where they skate, and knowing what lanes they're looking for. And as an 18-year-old for Boston University, which is not a particularly good team right now, 16 points in 34 games as a blue liner, very impressive. He went significantly later than Lundmark did, too. And, you know, no offense to Lundmark, he's just not really the kind of player that I'm usually hyped about. It's not Logan Stanley, but it's not exactly in the kind of bracket where you're thinking you're getting a whole lot of bang for your buck and upside. Speaking of bang for your buck, if you're looking for auto parts, look no further than rockauto.com. rockauto.com stocks every kind of part you could possibly imagine for all years, makes, and models. Not sure whether your Odyssey is an LX or an EX? Want to skip the long lines during quarantine? Need a new floor mat because your child spilled barbecue sauce on it? Never fear, rockauto.com is here. Instead of wasting time at an auto parts store at a retail brick-and-mortar location, cruise on over to rockauto.com and you can save 30 50 or more on your auto part purchase compared to retail store offerings. 
looking for that fuel pump assembly that's 360 bucks in store, rockauto.com has it for 216 They've got everything from engine control modules to brake parts, even tail lamps, motor oil, anything you need. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years, whether you're an amateur do-it-yourselfer or an experienced shop owner. If you place an order at rockauto.com, be sure to use the word locked on during their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Winnipeg only had a couple more picks after, uh, well, some of their earlier ones, and one of the other picks was in the fourth round, 113th overall, Henry Nikonen. Now, Nikonen is kind of hard for me to pick somebody who could maybe go above him, especially when you think about the fact that the deeper we're going into this draft, there's not a whole lot of pro-level talent available. One guy that you could maybe have like an argument for is Mikhail Abramov, and he's a Toronto center. And, you know, Abramov's numbers for Victoriaville look solid, but I think Nikonen is one of those guys that the Jets tend to like because he has a lot of physical traits that make him look like a, a good and promising prospect. He's somebody who, even though he was kind of injured throughout, I think, a lot of his draft year, Nikonen has the tools to potentially be a good two-way center that you can slide into your, you know, your third or fourth line. One other guy that I maybe would have given some time and thought to is Trevor Giannicki, who was drafted by Anaheim, and Anaheim has gotten really good at identifying useful centers. Giannicki, at 19 years old, had 13 points in 37 games for Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is a pretty powerhouse uh, team as far as I know. Janicki is probably another guy who's got some decent tools, but is mostly like a, a bottom six prospect. And I think that that's how you have to tend to look at all of these players. Uh, Winnipeg then at the uh, pick 134 got Harrison Blaisdell. And then at 144th, another goalie in Logan Neaton. Now, Blaisdell is interesting to me because he's at UND as a 19-year-old. And he's got 12 points in 32 games, which is right around Janicki's production, roughly speaking. I, I kind of like that as far as, I, you know, I'm concerned. University of North Dakota isn't quite as good as Notre Dame, um, and this is pretty nice production from a guy who uh, this year is a freshman. I'm not sure what role he's playing for North, or for North Dakota, but usually this is a pretty tough team to crack, and it's harder even still to get top-end minutes. I don't think that there was anyone uh, significantly better than some of these players. I think that, generally speaking, Winnipeg did okay, and it's really hard to sort of uh, find anyone who would be interesting I think Tampa Bay had one guy in the seventh round who might be interesting, and this is usually where Tampa Bay does really good work, is in all of these all of these depth picks. But Mikhail Shalagin, who has been playing in the ECHL with, I think, the Orlando uh, Solar Bears, actually putting up decent numbers. He's a big winger, too. He's at 6'4 and almost 200 pounds, and he's got 10 points in 41 games. Um, a lot of people kind of ignore plus or minus, and I certainly do. He does have a minus 21 rating, which I wonder what exactly is going on with that team. Usually, plus or minus is pretty useless because, well, it lacks any sort of context. Uh, and, and Orlando is a pretty bad team. I would be curious to know what his actual defensive and offensive impacts are, especially on the ice. It's kind of hard because he, he jumped from the KHL to the ECHL immediately, and there's not a whole lot of data available on him. I do know that I tend to trust anything Tampa Bay drafts, though, because usually their scouts are very good, especially their Russian scouts. Overall, though, I'd have to say I'm pretty happy with, I guess, who the Jets got. I mean, the only pick, I think, in this whole draft that bothered me was probably Simon Lundmark, just because I, I don't see him as, like, a really high-end top-four defenseman. It's fine if he's kind of like, you know, 
a third pairing depth guy or even a top pairing Manitoba Moose draft pick. But the problem is, is he was taken in the second round. And I think that there were some significantly more interesting offensive prospects who were available after him. The one thing that's kind of become clear over the past couple of seasons is that the Jets are definitely not as deep as they used to be. And after 2017-18, the Jets' forward depth has really started to drop off, which is kind of strange because you think about this team and the reputation that it has, and you think, oh, you know, they have a really potent offense, there's a ton of talent here. And, And while that is mostly true, I have to say that I think Winnipeg's top six is in real deep trouble. And part of the issue is that there's just not enough play-driving talent. I think when when Shifley started falling off um, and Wheeler has kind of started to age, the rest of that top six is really struggling. Kyle Connor, we all know, is a very talented goal scorer, but beyond that, he's not really capable of carrying a line himself. He can definitely cause matchup issues one-on-one, but he's not the kind of person that I'm looking at as you know a, a play-driving transition wing who can do it all. That's what Ehlers does, and Ehlers is only one kid. Laine is growing his game into this kind of role, but again, he's not somebody right now who can carry a line by himself, uh, at least not yet. And kind of looking at some of these draft picks, I'm just not seeing somebody, as far as I can tell, that would jump out to me as, as a player that the Jets drafted who can step into this lineup and be an immediate impact player other than, you know, of course, we got uh, Vili Heinola. But beyond that, we don't really have like a Ryan Suzuki or uh, even a Tomasino, or even a Connor McMichael, who, you know, McMichael is on the lower end as far as um, top six prospects are concerned, but he does have some middle six versatility, most likely, and that's kind of where I think he'll end up being. We're lacking, like, those those second-line centers, though, and I, I think it's kind of hard right now to know if any of these guys that were drafted in this particular year, this was a weaker class, generally speaking. It's, it's hard to say if there's somebody who was going to end up being that. You know, uh, I would have been interested in, like, a an Arthur Kaliev or a Bobby Brink, but of course Winnipeg didn't really get those. Niels Hoglander also looked pretty good in those first couple of rounds, but again, I think given what the Jets needed and what they got, Vili Heinola is about as good as you're going to get. Albin Grua would have been interesting, um, but there's like a, a lot of deeper prospects here that are, are decent. I just don't know if they're the kind of players the Jets really need to make a top six impact. And for the most part, Winnipeg scouting is fine enough, so I can't really complain. Maybe they go for you know a Maxim Kachovic kind of player, somebody who's got all of the uh, all of the tools to be a successful NHLer, but maybe needs some work as a project player. Again, though, as far as high end play driving talent, I just don't know if there were that many options there. And you know Henry Nikanen taken where he was kind of makes sense as a project who maybe he anchors your third line in the future as a two way play driving center. I really feel like, though, Winnipeg just didn't get a ton of high-end talent out of this draft, which is fine, because they didn't have that many picks and resources to work with. But I think as we keep going into the future, and especially into this 2020 draft, I'm a little concerned about what exactly Winnipeg is going to do with their depth. It is, unfortunately, a little bit limited right now. What isn't limited are the protein bar options available from Built Bar. If you've never heard of them, they're like a candy bar-like alternative to the usual dry and boring protein bars you're probably used to. I'm personally a fan of like the raspberry dark chocolate and the mint dark chocolate, both of which are great flavors, but really you'll also notice that the texture inside is a lot softer, chewier, and more pleasant than what you're probably used to. If you've got nut allergies or anything like that, Built Bar also has your back with an additional 8 nut-free flavors. If you can't pick one and decide to try it, be sure to check out their sampler box, which has around 10 or so different flavors for you to get a a sense of what their products are like. 
even more surprising than the flavor and texture is the nutritional value. Many of them are 150 calories or less with maybe 5 grams or less fat and around 30% of your daily protein intake. You're going to have a really hard time finding a protein bar with more nutritional value than Built Bar. And right now you can use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Because my 2019 draft coverage is, I guess redraft coverage in this case, is pretty limited, I thought I would spend the last few minutes talking about NHL's, I guess, return to action over the next couple of months and what that might mean for the Winnipeg Jets. I think Winnipeg's kind of in a tough spot because before the break, they were looking a little bit better, but I think on the whole, this team is still pretty rough around the edges. I know defensively, the Jets are kind of a sieve, and Connor Hellebuck has basically carried this team for months now. So what does that mean for the playoffs? Right now, they are on track to meet the uh, Calgary Flames in the postseason, which I think in this case is like a play-in round of sorts because the Jets were on the outside looking in until they did the uh, the four extra team spots. Is Winnipeg capable of beating Calgary? I think most of the models thus far have said yes, but I, I think as far as my own intuition is concerned, I I like Winnipeg's odds in the sense that Calgary is not a particularly great team and they don't have iron, you know, iron wall goaltending. Um, they've got... I forget, aside from, gosh, I don't even know who their goaltenders are. I guess, is it Mike Smith and somebody else, or was it Cam Talbot? I forget who was who at this point, because they keep swapping teams and stuff. Um, there was one other guy that they have, and it's the dude who kind of came up from Stockton, and for some reason, it's been so long since I've watched the Flames that I can't even remember his name. It's that it's that bad right now, guys. I think you kind of get the sense that they don't really have high-end goaltending if, like, I can't even remember who exactly is in net for them. They do have a pretty potent offense. I mean, they've got Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monaghan, who is not as good as he used to be. Um, Dylan Dubé is decent. They might be able to call up, like, a Matthew Phillips and see what he's got. Um, I think they've definitely got Matthew Tuchuk, who is one of the best uh, forwards in this league. But beyond that, I, I don't know about their bottom six. I know that they've rotated through a couple of different players and stuff who have had pretty decent showings. Um, but I think Frelik is gone now, and I don't remember who else is on that roster. Their defense is also kind of meh. I, I just see I see Calgary's lineup, and I don't know that it's all that much better than Winnipeg's on the whole. Their blue line and defensive unit are definitely much stronger, although that's that's not really saying much because the Jets' blue line is a mess. Uh, their goaltending, though, definitely not as good. Their forward core, I think, on the high-end goal-scoring list, they don't quite stack up as well, but I think that their bottom six might be might be around Winnipeg's at this point. I don't know for sure. If the Jets' power play and goaltending hold up, I, I think that Calgary is kind of in tough just because I'm not sure that they have enough even strength offense to get through. They've been like a really inconsistent team this season where they can put up really good scoring opportunities and not really convert, or they also have these bouts where they just don't do much of anything and they're a very mediocre team. If I have to call one, I think that this is probably going to be a series where the Jets win in six. I'm not sure who would be in net for the Flames. Maybe Riddick with Talbot as backup, which is uh, fine, I guess. Um, also be curious to know if you, Yusuf Alamanki would be joining them on defense, because their current core at Brody, Forbort, Giordano, uh, Gustafson, Hamannick, and Hannafin is okay with Anderson in support. Um, they've also got Shillington, but... I, I think that Valamaki could bring a useful extra edge. Um, their forwards are all right. I'm a big fan of Andrew Mangiapane, and I think that they have some underrated players like Derek Ryan, 
Um, Mark Jankowski, eh, not so great. Sam Bennett, also not particularly good. Dylan Dubé is definitely decent. Uh, but of course, Elias Lindholm, um, Mikhail Backlund, Goudreau, these are some of the names that you tend to worry about more than anyone else. Tachuk, of course, probably being right there with Goudreau as, as one of the best forwards in the league. Still, though, I just don't think it's going to be enough if they have to go against the Jets and a hot Hellebuck, and I still have the Jets in six. I think that that is uh, a fair enough prediction for what should be a tighter series just because the Jets' defense is going to allow a lot of opportunities, but I think ultimately Winnipeg is going to win the goaltending battle and the high-end scoring battle. Hope you folks enjoyed this kind of rambling a little bit about the uh, the upcoming NHL playoffs. I've had a hard time thinking about hockey recently, so uh, sometimes I'm trying to get my mind back in it, and it's just it's tough right now, folks. i got to be honest. But tomorrow we'll have some more hockey talk. I might take a look at the 2020 NHL draft prospects. haven't 100% decided yet, so it'll be a bit of a surprise. Thanks for joining us. Uh, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL National Podcast before you log off, hosted by Sarah Avampato. Thanks again, have a great night, and go Jets go!